Hello, people of the way. Uh, today is Communion Sunday. Uh, we're going to have a brief message on uh, communion. Uh, and I have to tell you guys that at any time you hit the pause button, okay? Anytime you hit the pause button and make sure that your heart is right with the Lord, okay? The works of your hand, the steps of your feet, the thoughts of your mind, make sure your heart is right with the Lord. At any time, just hit pause. You might have to repent. You might have to apologize to somebody. But always make sure that your heart is right with the Lord. And, you know, there are, uh, uh, we have a small fellowship. We haven't had a, a, a recorded communion for several months because we've been, you know, meeting at a, a remote location, still, you know, abiding by government government restrictions. Uh, but, uh, you know, as we resume, resume uh, uh, online communion or, you know, quasi-online communion, uh, um, if, if you would like uh, communion elements to be mailed to you, we have little packets uh, we can send those to you. You know, just go to the church website and go to the church website and just say, hey, you know, there's two people in my family. There's five people in my family or we're a small home fellowship. There's, you know, seven people. You know, there might be delays depending on where you are in the world. I have no idea. Uh, but, you know, we're we're based in the United States. And so if you're in the U.S., it'll be quicker. Uh, but you're if in you're somewhere in the world, I mean, you know, outside the United States, uh, it might take a little bit longer, but we'll we'll do what we can to, to, to get you the communion elements. It's very important. We are a last days church. And the days are evil. The days are so, so, so wicked. It's so palpable because you can start to see evil increase. And in tandem with that, you also see love is waxing cold. It's getting colder and colder and colder. Don't let that happen to your heart, my friend. Don't let that happen to your heart. Always stand in Jesus Christ and stand for Jesus Christ. The large majority of listeners, I have no idea who you are. <laughs> and I pray for you. For all the listeners, I pray for you. You know, and I just want you to know that, you know, just go to the church website and just say, hey, can, you know, I'm just one guy. I'm just one lady. You know, um, there's two people in my home. There's five people or whatever. And we'll get you the elements. But it's very important. And a little, another little message I have to say. If you're a non-believer, I love you, okay? And the Lord loves you. He's long-suffering for you. I have to tell you, if you're a non-believer... You know, just hit the pause button right now and then listen to a little message and you, you'll see it. It's called Commit Your Life to Jesus. God loves you. I want you to know that. That He loves you. He desires oneness with you. That's what He desires because He's the Good Shepherd and He's leading people home. Not home in this world to paradise. So if you're a non-believer, just hit pause and then listen to that other message. And then when you're done, you say the sinner's prayer, you come back and you listen. Well, actually, you know, go to the, <laughs> it's going to take a while, but, you know, maybe pause and then uh, go to the church website <laughs> and say, hey, send me communion elements and we'll get those to you. And then go back and listen and partake of communion with the family of God. 
You know, it's so crazy to see that the world, all the events of the last days which are prophesied, you're starting to see things in the world where it's like, wait a second, Lord, is this, could we be at the, it's so crazy. Geopolitically, look what's going on with Israel and her neighbors. Uh, peace agreements that are happening. Uh, factions of the Palestinian Authority that are going to global bodies such as the UN and saying, no, you know what? There has to be a global standard, a more unified standard. And you look at the prophecies of Daniel and what do you see? Confirmation of a covenant with many. Quite possibly, biblically speaking, prophetically speaking, the beginning of the 70th week of Daniel. Quite possibly. Depending on what happens. On top of that, you have some uh, uh, people who are running for president in Israel. Not prime minister, but really seeking the office of the presidency. Who are, you know, very uh, part of the temple movement. Which is the rebuilding of the third temple. Bioengineered red heifers. Qualified red heifers. Not just red heifers. Biblically qualified. And I just say biblically, but in accordance with the law. I'm not advocating the law, but don't forget, you know, as a Gentile, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you might be a Jew believer in Jesus Christ, but it, there's still this element of the law, but, you know, their uh, uh, blindness is going to be removed at the fullness of the Gentiles. So I'm not advocating the law, but I look at the law because I understand that there is currently a people of the law, which... They haven't received Jesus Christ as their Messiah yet. So when I mention like the red heifer, that's in accordance with laws that we're going to study in Numbers. And it's not to advocate the law and say like, wow, look, this is happening. Let's do this. Let's do this. But just to say, wow, this is happening in accordance with biblical prophecy and also in alignment with the law, not advocating the law, but to pray for people under the law. And it's so powerful to see these things happen. Remember, Jesus Christ is the one who says, you know, I tell you these things before they happen so that when they happen, you might believe. So let's look at this passage here. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And Brother Paul is saying this to the, you know, he writes this letter to a, Carnal church, former, formerly carnal. You see in First uh, Corinthians, the earlier chapters, how he refers to them as babies, that he has to give them milk again. You know, they haven't moved on to perfection. And it's so beautiful to see Christians when they move on to perfection and grow. Because what happens when a person matures in Christ, all of a sudden the Lord will tap on their heart and say, you know what, I want to use you in ministry. It's his bidding. I want to use you to be a pastor, a teacher, a Bible teacher, a youth leader, a women's leader, to serve in tables, to go help these people over here, helps ministry here, to do whatever. It's the Lord doing it. We're just the vessels. But our walk with the Lord, it's very intimate with Him. One-on-one, one-on-one. Look what happens here in verse 23, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, this is Brother Paul writing. He says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he, he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. 
This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. These are the words of our Lord. Red letters. And his body broken. Bruised for our iniquity. For my iniquity. For your iniquity. And it was pleasing to the Father. He said, how could it be pleasing to the Father? You know, a lot of times you talk to mockers. And they say, you know, what kind of father does that? Well, it's pleasing to the Father because Jesus Christ is the means by which we have oneness with Him. That is body. Broken. He takes the bread and breaks it. He says, this is my body which is broken for you. And then what happens? You know, He's betrayed. And then you start to see the events that lead up to the cross. And His body is broken. Because He loves you. In the same manner, in verse 25, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant, the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. This is a passage which reflects back on the upper room. A very, very beautiful moment of intimacy with the disciples before the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, when the Holy Spirit came down and what we read in Acts 2, what we studied in Acts 2, when Peter started to speak in tongues, not just Peter, but that whole house, they started speaking, you know, tongues. And, you know, the people around them, they thought like, well, these guys are drunk. They're out of their minds. And Peter says, we're not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. Turn with me really quick to John 17. John 17. The passage of the upper room spans several chapters in how John writes it. You know, and what we see here in John 17, verse 13. Look at how the Lord intercedes that way. That's why we see Moses as a type of Christ because he intercedes for Israel. But then, you know, we see the Christ, Jesus Christ, and how he intercedes for you and for me. Look at verse 13. You say, wait a second, this is for the disciples. So hold on a second. Let's look at verse 13. John 17, verse 13. And this is the Lord. He's praying to the Father. He's praying to God, our Father. And this is what he says in verse 13. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. He's praying for the disciples. He's praying for them. He's interceding for them. And asking for, you know, God to move inside of them and protect them and to bless them. And for that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Verse 14, I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. You know, when the world hates you because you're a Christian and you stand for Jesus Christ... It's, 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 it's part of the gig. You know, it's, it's the life of a Christian. That's just how it is. He says, I have given them your word. How faithful he's been unto God, his father. That's what I love so much about the good shepherd, our good shepherd, our Lord. Because he teaches us by example and his obedience unto the father. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, 
just as I am not of the world. I do not pray. I, I, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. This is a very interesting verse. Father, I don't pray that you take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. You know, how many times do you, you know, it's, it's like you want to avoid a fight. Spiritually speaking, not, I'm not talking about physically. But spiritually speaking, you want to avoid a fight. Ah, you know, I, I, you want to avoid a hardship. You want to avoid tribulation. You want to avoid, you know, what, whatever comes against you in the world. But understand what can happen through tribulation and what does happen through tribulation. Just as, you know, Romans 5 teaches, which, you know, I don't know the order of how you're going to listen, but, you know, that also coincides with today's study. How tribulation can be beautiful in the life of a believer. Hard, there are difficulties, but beautiful nonetheless. And the Lord is the one saying, you know, I don't pray that you take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. By the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. You know who that is? That's you and that's me. Jesus Christ interceding for you and for me. He says, I don't pray for these guys alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. 2,000 years later, give or take a couple years, that's you, that's me. And our Lord intercedes for you. How He intercedes for us. Even when the world hates us. Even when the world hates you. Oh, you're so mean-spirited. You know, you're so this. You're such a legalist. You do this, you do that. Thus fulfilling what the Lord teaches. His prayer, His intercession. The world has hated them because they are not of the world. Let there be a great comfort for you. Because you don't belong here. You know where we belong? Paradise. Paradise. That's our home. That's our destination. Paradise. In verse 21, that they all may be one as that. Sorry, I can't see. I have to dry my eyes. Sorry about that. In verse 21, that they all may be one as you, Father, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. You know, you hear, you hear our study in the Old Testament about intimacy, the intimacy that Moses had with the Lord. You, you hear on our study in the book of Acts the beauty of intimacy that, that, that Paul had. How intimate, how intimate that Peter was. You know, when he was taken up in ecstasy and the Lord gave him a vision. It's, 
This is what I'm talking about. Intimacy with Jesus Christ. Oneness with Him. Who cares? People hate you? Who cares? And? Oh, but this guy hates me. This lady hates me. And? You don't belong here. Zion is our home. Paradise. The New Jerusalem. These are passages, Old Testament passages. New Testament passages in the book of Revelation. To those who have eyes, to those who have ears, let them hear. Let them hear. That the glory in verse 22, which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. You see, intimacy that Jesus has with the Father and intimacy that you and I can have in Jesus Christ, Son of the Most High God. At the right hand of God our Father. I in them and you in me. That they may be made perfect in one. And that the world may know that you have sent me. And have loved them as you have loved me. Father I desire that they also. Whom you gave me may be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory. Which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known and these have known that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you love me may be in them, and I in them. Intimacy. Oneness with Jesus Christ. Remember. We're in the upper room here. In John 17. You know, sometimes you, you think of the upper room is just like a little tiny event. But, wow, when you read the Gospels in chronological order. And you see what Matthew writes about the upper room. What John writes about the upper room. What Luke and Mark, what they write. And it's like, oh my goodness, it's so beautiful. Intimacy. Oneness with Him, with Jesus Christ. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Also included in this upper room account is what the verses that we just read in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 24 and 25. When he says, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then in verse 25, in the same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And this is what Paul writes. It's so beautiful what Paul writes. The protection. Now look, you can look. We're going to see these passages and, you know, verses 25, uh, 26 through probably 32. And we're going to see, you know, I used to end at 30, but then I started doing 31 and 32 because it's very important for us as believers. You could look at it in two ways. You could look at it and say like, whoa, this is kind of harsh. That's mean-spirited. That's not loving. If that's you, you can't think that way. Don't think that way. Because we're presented with this choice. The confines of holiness in accordance with the word of God. And when I say the confines of holiness, it sounds like, 
wait a second, I don't want to be confined. I used to have that mentality, my friend. I didn't like being confined. I liked being my own boss. I didn't like anybody telling me what to do. You know, I was, you know, kind of crazy. And it's so beautiful because I learned, I learned the hard way that being in the confines of Jesus Christ and His Holy Word, that's the only, only place I've searched far and wide across the globe. For great, great distances across the globe. I've been outside of Christ. I've been lukewarm. I've searched far and wide various doctrines. And I tell you the truth, the only place that you will find green grass and still waters, what's defined in Holy Scripture, a beautiful place, blessings of the Lord, the green grass, green pastures, and still waters, the only place you find that is in the fold of Christ, in the confines of Christ. So you hear me say the confines of Christ, there's the carnal aspect of like, well, I don't like that. I don't like to be confined. But that's the only place in Christ where you'll find the green pastures and still waters. Outside of Him, you won't find that. You'll find ruin. You'll find destruction. Maybe not immediately, but it will find you. Oh, it's just a little crack, no big deal. Oh, it's just a little cocaine, no big deal. What's what's the little swig of whiskey? What's with that? It's okay, it's no big deal. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start to make these excuses and compromises. Don't compromise. Never, ever compromise in your walk with the Lord. You stand firm in Jesus Christ. Remember the intercession of Jesus Christ, which wasn't for the apostles or the disciples only. He says, for those who will believe because of them. And their ministry is being used of the Lord. And so this is what Brother Paul says. He says in verse 26, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. As surely as He lives, He's coming again. He's coming again. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. This is hardcore. Guilty of the body and blood? And so you can look at these passages like, whoa, you know, I don't, I don't like how that's worded. That doesn't seem very loving. Don't forget what Paul is doing. He's illustrating the confines of Jesus Christ. Righteousness. The only place where there's green pastures and still waters. So you read verse 27. It's like, whoa, that's hardcore. And this is the beautiful remedy. But let a man examine himself. And that's what we do on communion Sundays. We do it every day. Individually, we do it every day. Multiple times in a day. 
But corporately, as a church body, as a people of the way, we do it once a month. Once a month we partake of these elements. Remember, at any time you hit pause and get your heart right with the Lord as you do your own self-examination. Also remember that, you know, maybe you don't have the elements. You know, you go to the church website and say, hey, send me some elements. We have these little packets. We'll send them to you. And how beautiful it is to see koinonia, to see the ecclesia in preparation for the events of the last days. Remember, what we read in John 17, he says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. That's a rat. I mean, when you think about the rapture of the church, you know, it's how beautiful it is, how, how greatly we look forward to that. But then at the same time, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Protection, Goshen. Goshen. You know, we study the Old Testament, and what do you see? Goshen. You study the New Testament, and what do you see? Well, when you have eyes to see, when you have ears to hear, you can see Goshen. Goshen. You see it in the New Testament. But you have to have eyes. And so let's look what happens here, what Paul says. Let a man examine himself, which is to scrutinize, to see whether a thing is genuine or not. He says, let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. This is why, when we, before we have communion messages, I always say, if you're not a believer, don't partake of the elements. If you're playing games with the Lord, don't partake of the elements. But if that's you, if you're playing games with the Lord, or you're not a, believe, not a believer, what you have to do is get your heart right with the Lord. If you're a non-believer, you have to become a believer in Jesus Christ. He loves you. God loves you. He sent His Son into the world not to condemn you, but that you might be saved through Jesus Christ. That's how much He loves you. He's long-suffering for you. Don't you believe? And if that's you, just hit pause. Listen to the commit your life to Jesus. And then, you know, unpause or, you know, say the sinner's prayer and then come back, unpause. And then let's listen. Partake of communion. Communion. This, this aspect of the Christian life, it's beautiful. Let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. This, these are instructions. We have to do this self-examination, myself included. I'm not teaching or preaching at you. We're in the same boat. I have to do it too. And we examine our lives. Based on what? Holy Scripture. Holy Scripture and on Holy Scripture alone. This is our standard. The Holy Word of God. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep or many are dead. And that's what the Lord teaches us through his word. 
inspired by the Holy Spirit. Beautiful brother Paul writes this stuff down. To teach the church, to teach Christians. You know, yes, you're in the fold of Christ, but don't forget that Satan's a fisherman too. And he'll attempt to take people out of the fold of Christ. And he'll lie, he'll cheat, he'll deceive. He was a murderer from the beginning. And a lot of unsuspecting Christians, they take the bait. They take the bait and get sucked away. They go on their spiritual vacations. I tell you the truth, I'm kind of afraid for the church. I'm afraid for the Christian. Because we're in this weird state where, you know, churches are closed. And, you know, churches are, you know, they open up, but they can only have a certain number of people. And they have to socially distance. So you might have a fellowship where there was 500 people, but because of social distancing, per percentage requirements, and, you know, scrub down requirements, and certain facilities being closed, certain rooms being closed off, instead of 500 people, there's only like 50 people. Well, what happens to that extra 450 people? Where are they listening? Where are they hearing the word of God? Are they in their Bibles? Where they used to be in Sundays in the pews, now they're in Sundays on the couch. Now they're in Sundays at the bar. Now they're at Sundays, you know, doing whatever. I'm fearful for the church and for the Christian. Prophetically speaking, there will be a great falling away, a defection away from truth. Prophetically speaking, it will happen. And I don't want that to be you. We must stand in Christ and for Christ. Part of this standing in Christ and for Christ is self-examination. And our standard is the Holy Word of God. Paul says this, For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord. We are disciplined by the Lord. To be disciplined, trained, educated, instructed, and taught by the Lord. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to be disciplined and trained and educated and instructed and taught by the Lord? You know, it's like, wow, you know, I want to learn more of the Word of God. And the Word became flesh. Lord, I want to learn more about you. More and more and more about you. Remember when the Lord speaks of the, the to the disciples, He says, you know, you guys are servants. And you keep reading, and He says, you guys, I don't call you servants anymore. I call you friends. <laughs> because a servant doesn't wonder what the Master is doing. The Master and the servants are now friends. You guys are my friends. And that's what intimacy does. That's what happens with intimacy. You don't have to wonder what the master is doing. Why? Because you know and he directs you and he instructs you. Just as you see in the book of Acts. Look at the intimacy that Ananias had with the Lord. The good Ananias, not the bad Ananias, the good one. Praying. And the Lord says, Ananias, take this guy Saul and bring him into your house. Lay hands on him, pray for him. I'm going to restore his vision, but I'm going to use him as my vessel. And Ananias, in his intimacy with the Lord, he was like, Lord, are you sure? This guy's a bad guy. He's a bad dude. 
He's beating up Christians, imprisoning Christians, having them killed. Women, children. And the Lord says, he is my vessel. Okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. Look at the intimacy of Ananias and the Lord. I love these little passages where you see it. It's like, you know, where do you read about in Ananias? You know, one little passage of Ananias. The bleeding woman. One little passage about a bleeding woman. But look at her faith. How beautiful intimacy with Jesus Christ is. And even the chastening. The chastening of the Lord. Because it's how He corrects us. What parent doesn't correct his kids? His or her kids. What parent doesn't do that? I mean, we live in a culture today where, you know, parents don't do that. They don't discipline their kids. But then, you know, you see the kids grow up. And look away also, you see these little 20-year-olds. Little 22, 25-year-olds, 28-year-olds. You know, 15-year-olds. You look at them, look at their mentality. They're ill-equipped for conduct in the world. They're ill-equipped because they've never been disciplined. And then all of a sudden they get disciplined by, you know, they, they, they receive correction from an employer. They receive correction from, you know, whatever. And then they just go crazy. And you see, it's like, wow, this guy looks like an adult. This female looks like an adult. But by their behavior, you know, it's revealed little babies. Because they've never received discipline. And they have their little temper tantrums. But what happens when we are chastened by the Lord? How beautiful it is because of what He produces inside of us. What happens inside of us? The building blocks of more righteousness. To those who have been trained by it. The chastening of the Lord. He says, but when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we, may, that we may not be condemned with the world. You see? Remember, Jesus Christ says, I don't want you to take them out of the world. I don't want you to take them out of the world, Father. But then at the same time, we're given further instructions on our conduct, our witness, our behaviors. All these things. And it's so beautiful when you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's not a bad thing. It can be a bad thing if you ignore Him. Don't ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You feel the conviction, you know what you do? Repent. Immediately repent. That's what what I do when I read the Bible. It's like, you know, whatever passage, Old Testament, New Testament, it's like, whoa, Lord, I had no idea. Or, Lord, I forgot. Or, you know, Lord, you know what? This kind of crept in, you know, and there's a carnality in this aspect of my life. There's carnality. And so I put my finger down and hold it where the, I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I just, Lord, forgive me. Forgive my wretchedness, Lord. And what a wretch I am, Lord. Because I don't like, you know, the old lady cuts me off on the road. And I don't like the thoughts I have against her. What a wretch I am, Lord. Cleanse me. I love it because it's like the thorn in my side, which keeps me on my knees. You know, praise be to the Lord for the thorns that we have in our sides. You know, He'll remove some of them. But some of them, others, He'll keep right where they are. You know why? Because His grace is sufficient. And He wants you to cry out to Him. 
because it keeps you on your knees before his, before his throne. His grace is sufficient. And, you know, in our study in the book of Romans, you know, we're going to study, you know, law and grace. Law and grace. So now, you know, remember, you know, hit pause anytime. Get your heart right with the Lord. We're going to partake of the elements. What I'm going to do, I'm going to partake of the elements as well. But it's going to it's going to sound quick from your end because I don't I don't have a mute button. There's probably a mute button here somewhere. I just don't know where it is or how to use it. So I hit pause. And so I used to, you know, hit pause and partake of the elements and then hit unpause and keep going. And I think like, okay, you know, but then, you know, from your perspective listening, it's just like, you know, a little a little break. (laughs) And I only hit pause because I don't I don't like distractions. I don't want you guys to have any distractions whatsoever. You know, so like sometimes I eat of the elements and you can hear little crunchies. I don't want you to hear little crunchies, not because I'm ashamed of the crunchies, but because, you know, I don't want you to be distracted. You know, but and then, you know, we partake of the elements and, you know, I don't want you to hear me slurping. Because, you know, it's very holy what's happening here in your own intimacy with Jesus Christ, your intimacy. I don't know if you have, you know, people around you, you might, family members, friends, I have no idea, neighbors, I have no idea. And I care for them around you. I care for those people in your lives. But I'm speaking to you individually. And your intimacy. Not anybody else's intimacy. Your intimacy with Jesus Christ. So, let's look at verse 24 again. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So, let's take of the bread. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's take of the cup together. Just realized I forgot to hit pause. <laughs> it's very important this intimacy that we have with the Lord. Don't let your light go out. Let your light shine brightly. Store plenty of oil for your lamps in these dark days, in these last days. When the, the, the love is waxing cold, let your love get hotter and hotter. Don't let it wax cold. Hotter and hotter. The love of God being chief among all things. The love of God and then the love for others. And in the love for others, you know what the best form of love is? Giving them Jesus Christ. Giving them truth of His Holy Word. And it's so beautiful because we see in the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, you see love is the greatest gift. Knowledge, tongues, all these things that we see, it's like, wow, this is so, you know, prophecy, understanding, knowledge, you know, faith to move mountains. And what is the greatest gift? Love. And so we're going to end our communion message here. And we'll pick up, you know, next month and, you know, in the next communion Sunday. And, you know, if 
If uh, uh, I can't stress it enough, if you need the communion elements, just go to the church website, hit us up, and just say, hey, send me, you know, whatever numbers in your family, just say, hey, send me two, send me five, send me seven, send me, you know, whatever, and we'll send it to you. Not whatever, but I meant like whatever number, you know, we'll send it to you, we'll get that to you. Wherever you are in the world, I don't care. We'll find a way. God bless you guys. Love you guys.